ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Happy New Year. Seventh, and we're back for episode three of the Chris and Andre show. And I'm glad that you're with us, all ten of you. So, uh, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Happy New Year! How are things going with you, my friend? I can't complain. Uh, it's been a good start to the new year so far. Uh, spent some time down at the beach with my parents, um, hanging out. You know, got to see some family. My sister and her husband were in town. Um, they've been traveling South America and Africa for the last like four to five months. And today actually they are getting on a plane and heading to Portugal for the next three oh, really? months. So, huh? Slightly jealous and envious. Oh um, yeah, definitely. But you know, happy for them. Cause, uh, <laughs> I get to live vicariously through their Instagram feed. So, <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I look at it this way: like they're just out there scouting all of the cool places that I'm gonna go next year. That's um, fair. <laughs> so I'm definitely, definitely want to do because they went to um, Mozambique and Namibia, um, which both looked really cool. Um, and then I think they spent some time down in Cape Town too, um, in South Africa. Because Stefan, my sister's husband, is a big surfer, so he had to go where the big waves are for sure. That's cool. Yeah, he's been the like more of Africa than I have. (laughs) (laughs) That's that that real place. (laughs) My wife's always saying like, you should totally do 23 in me. And I was like, babe, have you ever noticed something about those commercials? They never have black people on them. Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like like ancestry.com SNL, I think did a, skit or maybe it was key and peel or it was like every every black person just it turned out that their ancestor was thomas jefferson <laughs> yeah it's like why, why do I, I i'm gonna get like two branches off a tree and it's like we don't know like a big question mark. <laughs> so how That's about cool. you how's your new year been so far well of course i did the, the ever famous i was dancing salsa of course um, and uh it was kind of cool because there was a lot of meat there. I didn't want any of it. So that was, it sparked a whole nother conversation, but it was still cool, man. So, you know, I was thinking like yesterday, I'm like, yeah, man, I work from home a lot now, actually every day. And <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, and I still dance. And listen to music while I'm working. Like that's the that's my most productive when I'm listening to music when I'm working. So um, yeah, for those of you that don't know Andre and haven't had the pleasure of sharing uh, a workspace, it, I mean, I don't even think it really required a standing desk. Though the standing desk certainly encouraged it. Um, <laughs> he is very good at dancing and working at the same time, uh, and it's quite entertaining when he gets going because he'll just lose himself in the rhythm, and all of a sudden he's all over the place and. <laughs> Got his headphones yeah, I, on, so you can barely hear what it. But everywhere he goes, all you hear is just salsa music blasting. Maybe some, <laughs> maybe some Cardi B occasionally. Oh man, it's it's amazing. It's it's how I I get super productive. Um, I don't. I'm not sure why that is, but I enjoy it. I was watching some uh, some like throwback videos, and like uh, I, I ran across a big pun video, and I miss New York. 
it's like one of those things where it's like, man, you could totally find a bodega right now and just go get some real food. Um, now I can't. Now, now crap. <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> no, you can't. Like, oh man, I totally can't do that. But I tell you what, man, I, I miss. I love New York. You know, um, it's like one of the best cities on the planet. How long has it um, been since you've been up there? It's been about, I'd say about two and a half years, two and a half, three years. Like Christian did a show in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I went up there and gosh, like I, I turned into a different person. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like this, the minute I, I hit the bridge, it's like, I'm no longer nice. I'm, I've, I've never lived in the South. It's like, Hey, what are you doing over there? It's like, I start yelling at people. It's like, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I guess now that you are plant-based in your diet, uh, I mean, does that does that change anything in terms of, I mean, it would totally change your experience in terms of going back, right? Because I mean, if you had like a favorite pizza place or, you know, like, a, I don't know, um, what else is good in New York? Your favorite hot dog stand? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am completely and utterly screwed because the last time I went out there, I went to go see some of my cousins in Harlem, right? And they were asking me, like, what are you going to do? I said, I got to get a, I got to get a Frank. And he, my cousin was like, you came up here for a freaking Frank? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I can't get a hot dog in freaking North Carolina that is as good as a hot dog in Central Park or for some, you know, E. coli ridden like hot dog stand somewhere. <laughs> Off a, off a subway it's just different food and so i i don't know i like when i so i'm from harlem and i'm super pissed because it's like some you know when i was a kid there 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 were like rubble like ridden places so like entire blocks or, or sections were just devastated from riots and they were never rebuilt and now there's like a whole foods in harlem i'm like what the <laughs> Why is there a Whole Foods in Harlem? Like, who's eating that? And then I see like all these white people, and I'm like, what? It's not even like Friday, or the Apollo's not even open. So it's like really, it's a different experience. Oh, thank um, you, gentrification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, but I'm from Harlem, Harlem, like Spanish Harlem. So there's a lot of you know Puerto Ricans. Um, Blacks and you know I grew up on rice and beans so and I I I have mixed feelings about gentrification like if I'm being honest it's like yeah you make a neighborhood better but who are you making the neighborhood better for basically it's it's always how I look at it it's like stop it just bothers like Brooklyn like I'm not a Brooklyn kid but when I went there I'm like wow and this is like real facts. We're walking down a block in front of a halfway house, and there's like halfway house dudes out there smoking weed. You see PD right there. I'm like, yeah, these guys are legit. They don't even care. This is New York I'm used to. And across the street is like 20 hipsters. I'm yeah. like, what? Is well, and they're in heaven. On? I mean, let's be honest. Like, that's exactly what they want to be there for. Yeah. This is real. This is real life. This isn't Disneyland, man. Oh gosh, it's it's amazing. I mean, but whatever. I mean, I've only I, been to New York, I think, um, twice. 
I'll be going more now with my new job because some of our customers up there in like the fashion industry, um, I'll probably have to see them a couple of times a year. But um, my two experiences in New York were both in the summer, uh, both in July, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, um, you know, great, great smells everywhere that you go. um, You know, the sudden downpour. Uh, yeah. in the city and there's a guy out there selling umbrellas for 15 bucks that don't work um <laughs> it was great like you know <laughs> and i'm the only idiot like i'm there with friends that live in new york and they're like don't buy an umbrella and i'm like it's freaking downpour they're like no just duck into a coffee shop like we'll be fine <laughs> and i'm like no we're gonna need an umbrella like it's gonna stop in five minutes that umbrella is not even gonna work yeah sure enough and, and then i turned around as soon as i went to open it guy was gone and his long gone <laughs> He was never there, and it wasn't really raining. There was somebody on top of a building just, like, pouring water down. Just <laughs> like, pissing on me, probably. <laughs> it's, all, it's all a scam. <laughs> it's all a scam. One of my the things I've been thinking about is cord cutting, man. Like, Yeah. Have you finally put your antenna in your house? Uh, no. So, uh, yeah, I bought, for those that don't know, I bought like one of those really fancy, uh, outdoor antennas that you need to mount and it's most likely, you know, best reserved for professional. Um, Andre convinced me that I could do it myself. I bought everything that I needed to do it and have done absolutely nothing with it. It's sitting in the closet right next to me. Um, I did. You're you're still paying for cable. No, I am not paying for cable. I cut cable. What I did do was picked up one of those like $30 indoor antennas from Lowe's. That's all I need because I never watch television like that. Really? I'm, I'm streaming 99.9% of the time. One of the best things I did for myself personally, because I've been spending a lot of time cooking was I spent like 30 bucks on, um, they were running a deal on the Amazon fire sevens. Uh, during Christmas. So I got 30 bucks on that and 15 bucks on a wall mount and put it in my kitchen so that I can use it for watching television if I want to, you know, like streaming stuff on it or looking up recipes and being able to have all that stuff on there so that I don't have to constantly be using my phone to do that, which is really well, nice. I have a television <laughs> in my kitchen. Well, see, but like, it's like you said, the internet is just another form of television. Right, right, right. And right. so that's, I mean, a tablet at this point is just another television. That's that's fair. I'll I was sitting that. here today thinking about the setup that I've got in my office, and I want to move some things around. I really want to get a monitor, but then I'm sitting here going like, well, should I just buy a TV instead? <laughs> I mean, it's like the television comes with some of the extra benefits. It would most likely be a smart TV. It's probably going to be about the same amount as a monitor, like... I actually have an extra TV in my office. I'll give it to you. All right, perfect. Like I literally have not, like I have two TVs on my in my office, and I don't use one of them. <laughs> so, and I've been trying to figure out what am I going to do with this because I because I do I do the same thing like I'll watch YouTube or whatever or I, I'm not being racist but I like white noise when I'm working. Why is it got to be white noise? Tom, not meaning Tom Petty or anything like that, but. Like I like I love to you know watch YouTube or, um, you know I, I think cord cutting is actually. Well, let me get back to my yeah. Have a TV, you can have it. Yeah, sorry. What? Not to distract. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I do think that cord so cutting. You still have cable. 
No, I haven't had cable in, I want to say, two years. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, so, but here's the thing that I'm starting to wonder, right? Like, I've got, I'm paying, you know, 70 bucks a month for internet. And then I've got Hulu, Netflix. My Disney Plus subscription is free for the year because of Verizon. Amazon Prime. Like, all these streaming services that I'm paying for, plus my internet. Now, I still think it's less than what I would be paying, especially because, I mean, I don't attribute the entire, like, Amazon Prime subscription because I'm also using that primarily for two-day right. shipping. Um, shout out to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they need the shout out. <laughs> they don't. They're like, even if you don't shout us out, you're going to buy something. They're going to so. sue us for having shouted them out. They're going to be like, how dare you sully our names by associating us with your crappy podcast. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> you people. Yeah, what do you mean, you people? God, you can't say that on the radio, Andre. Uh, yeah, I thought about that, too. I, I'm in the same boat. I have Hulu, Disney Plus, because it's free, um, Netflix, and well, I have DC uh, Universe because I I knew that existed. Um, unlike some of us, unlike a, a lot of people, actually, true. <laughs> it's Very it's true. really sad. Um, and you're right. It's it, but I I think that you're getting the the content that you want to watch, right? Well, and I you know, like my biggest problem with cable all along was it was the lack of an a la carte package, right? I couldn't right. sit there and say, okay, I want these 50 channels that I'm going to choose. Tell me how much that's going to charge. No, 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 no. You have to buy a basic package, which is, you know, $30, $40 a month. And then if you want any of these other add-ons, it's going to be this. But all of those add-ons come with this sh- crap ton of channels that you don't want and you will never watch. And that was my right. whole problem with cable to begin with. It, I mean, to some degree, it's like it's the same thing with streaming where it's like, you know, how much time do you spend scrolling through Netflix? It's the same thing as channel surfing anymore where you're just like flipping through Netflix trying to, what am I going to watch? I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. Right. And like, eventually what do you do? You put on something you've seen a million times, <laughs> the office. So, well, like, yeah. So am I just paying I, like 15 bucks a month so I can watch the office for a million, the millionth time? <laughs> I mean, to some degree. Yeah. But I mean, I'm and. But that's only until April when NBC launches their streaming network. Well, right. And that's, yeah. I mean, because I know that, you know, as Disney as Disney continues to expand their service, everything like ABC, all of that stuff, once their agreements with Hulu are up, they're going to pull all of that stuff. And it's all going to be true. Disney. They own Hulu. They, they are the, oh, well, they I have the control, true. They have a controlling interest in Hulu. Oh, so I forgot one, Disney owned Hulu. Yep. So once my year is up with... Um, with the free Disney Plus, I'm just going to actually upgrade my Hulu package where they have a combo package. Right, like with Disney package. Plus. That's right. Yeah. So, for Gosh, me, it's like... so eh. smart, Andre. Oh, I, I, I feel the sarcasm. <laughs> but... <Yeah. laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I watch Plex. I mean, I use Plex. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I like not spending $200 a month for, like, Cable TV, like I literally was spending one hundred and eighty-seven dollars. It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I, I watch CNBC. That's yeah. the only channel that I kind of miss. Um, but I've converted to Bloomberg, um, so I'm okay with that. I'm not really, you know, without my financial news. That's like one of the things I enjoy 
Like, you know, that's one of my addictions. But for the most part, it's like, I, I think I don't watch TV. I watch sports, but that's getting harder and harder. Hopefully the NFL figures out a way to do streaming because. Yeah, I that makes I'm, absolutely yeah. no sense to me. Yeah. What on earth are they? like? And their whole thing is like, oh, no. You don't get to get like a team, you know, package where you can stream right. all of theirs for a reasonable fee. If you want, you know, the entire NFL season for every single thing, and it's like you got to have Directv. It's the only way to get it is if you have Directv, which is just well, they got in bed with them and started snuggling. So I mean, they were they're locked in until this year. Yeah. Well, and who they're, owns Directv? AT and T. AT and T. Yeah. You know, let's get rid of that, that monopoly. Um, <laughs> And see what happens next. Yeah. So I, I hope they figure that out. I think that that will be huge for us. Like sports is the is the hardest thing for cord cutters. Uh, everything else, not so much. Like you can muddle your way through that. Well, and even I mean, it really depends on sports, right? If you are a local sports fan, if you're a fan of local sports teams, then an antenna is going to get you ninety percent of the games that your team yeah. is playing, anyways, right? Um, yeah. And so it. But that's the, that's where I also have such an issue with the way that the NFL distributes its content is it's like, okay, I live in North Carolina. I'm not a Panthers fan. Like I right. don't I don't care about the Panthers. I don't want to watch the Panthers, and I sure as heck don't want to watch the Redskins or the Falcons or the Dolphins or the Patriots. Or the Chargers. No, I do want to watch the Chargers. <laughs> and what's really funny is back when when Philip was first starting with the Chargers, they used to play their games here all the time. And way Raleigh. too much. I never understood it. I was well, like, okay. what do you mean you never understood it? There's a market for it. it, it no, dude. No, no. Like, if that was true, so Bradley Chubb should mean that I get to watch every Broncos game. I hate to break this to you. Bradley Chubb is not the same to NC State as Phillip Rivers. He should be. <laughs> I I disagree. I love Bradley Chubb. Don't get me wrong. Uh, great player. Um, but... You know, I don't. He didn't. He didn't mean to NC State what Philip Rivers meant to NC State. Yeah, I know because he's a quarterback. I, I told. Well, yeah, him. that's a big part of it. And I mean, yeah. just Philip had a had a higher peak than Chubb did team wise. What are you talking? This is uh, okay for state, right? Yeah, at state. Okay, okay. At state. Now, uh, in the NFL, yeah, give give Chubb a few more years, and he could totally, you know, get close to that level. But I think for state, for a lot of state fans, Philip was the first guy that went to the NFL that they could easily root for. Who who was out who there? Actually, who actually cared about state? Unlike yeah. Your other yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not wrong. Your other guy poops all over. He's like, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, the other guy was Tory Holt uh, before, I guess, but it's like every good state. Everybody forgets like, that he played at state. Yeah, that's. Anyway. I mean, everybody forgets that state exists because yeah. you know, what's a sixty-five thousand student? Act oh, come on, man! North right, Carolina, put your, get off your soapbox. No, <laughs> I have two sons that went to state. So I built like it myself with my own two hands. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I every time I bring up state, it goes down this whole rabbit hole of what. So what we we're talking about cord cutting. So I think that if the NFL figures out sports, it'll be great for it'll be great for the NFL, and if they stay out of politics. If the NFL um, figures out sports, I mean, they figure out how to get their their yeah. Well, they figure out how to stre their streaming. 
yeah, if they figure that part out, it'll be great for sports. I mean, they'll they'll figure out a way to change viewership, and if they stay out of politics. What do you do for watching like soccer, the other football, the real football? Yeah. Um, um, it all depends. Like I was subscribed to Football TV, mm-hmm. but what happened? So here's my thing with soccer. Like I care more about MLS teams currently sure. because I'm trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit in there? Because I typically World Cup and South American soccer. Isn't there a New York team you can root for? Yeah, or some but, other front runner whose bandwagon you can jump on. Oh, that's where we're at. No, I. <laughs> that's where we're at. I'm trying to figure out which team do I kind of su- like support. It's like for me, it's not a matter of finding a bandwagon. It's a matter of, hey, which team like really develops their players? Which team like really recruits the right way? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually like I actually think about those things. So I just don't want to be like, oh, New York, and then I'm I'm supporting a team I really don't support. Like I'm I mean crap I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> like like I'm I'm ride or die for my team. So like it's, I, before I sign off on the dotted line, I got to be ride or die. And if I'm not, it's like yeah, that's questionable. So speaking of Knicks, um, how do you feel about Kristaps Porzingis playing so well in Dallas alongside what everybody apparently feels is the next coming of Jesus in the NBA and Luka Doncic? Chris, we're going to go back to what we talked about last time. Hype, right. I know. Hype. It's only year two. But he's <laughs> he and Oscar Robertson are the only two players in NBA history to uh, to what to record 10 or more triple doubles in their first two seasons. Cares, man. Like, who cares? Like, no. Like, LeBron James didn't do that. Triple right. doubles, ten triple doubles, two seasons outside, outside of sports. Here, here's why. Here's why I say like that way of thinking is so like short sighted. Just bothers me. In business, right? When when I was in charge of things, I would have some pretty good runs. Like my first, my first year, like managing restaurants, mm-hmm. I had some pretty good runs. You know why? Because I was fresh. I had fresh ideas. But as the as things started to change, like I had to be able to be consistent. Like I can't just look at, you know, hey, you guys are missing the obvious, the low hanging fruit, and and like saying I'm going to hang my hat on that. No, it's it's not how you build a career. So no, I can't. But, see, oh, so, but here's the no. thing: is that I'm not saying that he needs to look at it this way. We are just outside observers. And that's how I look at it. It's like, that's, that's freaking great. Like you can have a strong start. Like there's right. nothing wrong. But that's, I'm not saying that we, that we need to crown him and say he's the best player ever. I'm, I was just, I'm you're, just saying he's very talented. You're, you're trying. That's great. That's awesome. What happens down the stretch? I like don't I'm know. not going to, well, that's why I don't think about it. Cause I'm, I'm, I re- I think it's again, but okay, but so it's not so much. I guess I, I get confused when you say support, right? When you say so support, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really buy. Mean, his, I'm not gonna buy his jersey, right? Like, okay, I'm just. <laughs> That's like, fine. Yeah. That's fine. See, last time when you said support, I guess I took it to mean like, no, 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 no. He's nothing. Like you're not even gonna give him credit for what he is doing no. at this point simply because of the fact that you feel like, oh, well, he's new, and as soon as everybody figures it out, or anybody can do it once. 
That's not that's not what I mean. It's it's okay. like I can I can marvel at somebody doing really well. Yeah. Like yeah, that's really that's amazing, right? Like Mahomes, he's hey guys, great. Lamar Jackson, great. That's great for right that's now. What, what happens? What happens when you get mild miles on you? Right. Yeah. Look at Philip Rivers. That's your guy, right? Yeah. Same thing. Like if everything stays consistent and things don't change on the opposing defense and his O-line stays healthy. Like he, he's like, he's that dude. But when things start, like when you start to see those, those cracks in the armor and you can pick them apart. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's, let's stop. Let's stop with the BS. Like give the guy, give the guy a chance to get settled and figure out what his game is. Anybody. Like, uh, I, yeah, no, I, I agree. I uh, really, for Philip, I just hope that he goes somewhere else. I don't. I mean, I think I would. Look I would just Brady. love to have him just one more look at, year. Look at Brady. Nope. You got it. When people start believing their own press, no, I, I'm not mean. But again, like I'm not Philip Rivers, so it's like I. Uh, for me personally, I would love to see him go somewhere where okay. he could where he could be like and don't like Carmelo. Like no, he, not he like Carmelo. Like, no, like Peyton Manning in Denver. Where you put him on a team where he's got good weapons on the outside, he's got a solid running game, he's got a, an offensive line that can block, and a defense that's out of this world where he doesn't have to be the guy that the reason that they win. Let him just freaking put a damn ring on his finger. That's all I want for the guy. You, you want? Yeah, okay. You want him to go out like on, on top, right? Yeah. Well, good, odds are, it's, I mean, he's he's unfortunately getting old. He is. Like that, that's the 38. reality. Thirty-eight. He's like probably two. Like if he was going to win, it would have been two years ago, in my opinion. Yes. No, I mean, look, I, and that's why I say if he if he's going to do it, it would have to be a situation like what happened with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even with Peyton, right? Like they the year before they won the Super Bowl, right? I know you don't yeah. want to talk about that, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so, I was I was pissed when when Peyton got signed. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I was even more upset when he couldn't get a, a shot off. I'm like, okay, but bro, it... you're making all this money and you're, and everybody, you know, Elway, Elway super believed in you and you're botching it. But what about Joe like, Flacco? You I were felt, all excited I, in the offseason for Joe Flacco getting signed. I had a, a, a hint of hope. I was like, at first, I was like, crap. Like why? Why are we gonna do that to ourselves? Because Flacco had a great season. He shined really bright. He had and he one got, great season where he won a Super Bowl on the back of a I'm good saying. defense, yeah. and then because signed a big deal and hasn't done jackly. I mean, I'm just like, yo, I'm liking Drew Locke. I, I mean, honestly, the kid's got an arm. No, he looks good. Um, you know, I mean, everybody was all obsessed with. Gardner Minshew, which I think he the the shine fell off him towards the end of the season in Jacksonville. Although God knows what's going on there. Jason Garrett out as Cowboys coach. Mike McCarthy hired in his place. Who gives a crap? Yeah. Uh I, I mean I think it's interesting. I I'll be curious to see what happens there some people were thinking that mccarthy might come to um carolina yeah i uh, no like um i've never been a huge mccarthy fan but yeah i i don't care um 
I don't think he's a good. He would have never been a good fit for Carolina. Um, I I think Carolina is. I my I, crap. I'm gonna say it. I think Cam Newton is their problem. So yeah, you <laughs> said it last time. Say it again. Like I mean, that's how I feel about it. Um, and it's it's nothing to take away from the good thing Cam has done. I think when he starts to be Cam and act like a three year old, that's when they lose games. So, like, I'm done with that. So, um, I don't know who could fill in the spot at Carolina. Like, I, you know, I was reading through all the, the headlines, and, like, I I really don't. I don't know, don't care. I think Garrett being out of Dallas is a good thing because, actually, I, I thought he was, uh, um, I thought he was, like, blessed. You know who's going to hire him? No, who? The New York Giants. No, sh- I... No. No, but you heard in like week 15 or 16, there was some source close to like the Garrett, you know, family that or the Garrett camp that was said something to the effect of like, you know, the Giants would be very interested in hiring Jason Garrett if he were to be fired by the Cowboys. (laughs) I I'm just saying you watch it happen. You watch them go. I mean, uh. I don't like Dave Gettleman. I mean, because he spent all that time in Carolina, and I just never thought he was a very good GM. I think he's done jack shit up there. But he sat there and was like, "We didn't sign o- o- Odell Beckham to trade him," and then immediately traded him. Well, I mean, <laughs> Odell Beckham was not. He was he was hyped too. Like I look at Victor Cruz, same crap. It's like you guys, New York's got to stop doing that crap. Like you can't say it's New York. That's the, what the media does up there. Yeah, I, I know, but they got to stop doing that. It's, it's like, you know, you're going to piss away good trades and good good slots for, like, one dude? Yeah. I mean, Vic Cruz, God love him, but are you freaking kidding me? No, like, that that I didn't get. I mean, they didn't, I didn't, I didn't ever think that Victor Cruz was that. I thought Odell Beckham Jr. was better than Victor Cruz. Oh, I mean, yeah, fine, but. Odell Beckham is not even that great in and of itself, and I'm sorry, he's just he's his just whole not. deal is the like the uh, the acrobatic catches. And you take any kid from the hood, they can do the same crap. Man. I know. Like, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just like. <laughs> but that's just it because that's what gets you on TV these days, right? It's the one-handed grabs that everybody that ESPN is drooling over. That is, you know. That's the the fifteen second clip that's gonna get played on Twitter or social media or whatever over and over and over again. I mean, I'm just that's that's what the world becomes. And that's why to. that's why scouts need to go to the projects right. because and then you start realizing a lot of that stuff is not brand new. Like it's it's just not. It's like even when you look at basketball. So when you look at like the uh, McDonald's Classic, you you see all these kids that are like Jerry Stackhouse, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, you see you go back to those days. That's nothing new. You know, like the Shaquille O'Neal was nothing new. Like he wasn't the only person breaking backboards, right. but he got famous for it because he did it in a, a pro game. But it wasn't the first time it ever happened. I mean, you, you, no. now, so I mean, I don't know. It's like you go to Rutgers or you go you go to places like that. You see like people really playing ball. Like you're not impressed by like that's why when I moved to North Carolina, I wasn't into college ball because it didn't impress me. It's like that nah, that's not basketball, <laughs> you know. Um, but then I, I don't want to get off this. I'm not just saying New York against the world, but a lot of cool things come from New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of cool things come from the inner city. So, <laughs> that's crazy. 
Uh, it's like I was tripping over Bomani Jones and the whole Black Famous thing. I was laughing for 20, 30 minutes. Man. Oh, that segment was absolutely hilarious. I loved that. <laughs> I, that it was killing me, but it's it's unfortunately true. It, it, like, there's no negative to it. It it sounds kind of bad, but it's hilarious. It's like it's so funny because it's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. So, have you tried any new uh, good recipes <laughs> lately? Uh, actually, yeah. Um, I made some uh, vegan Philly cheesesteaks the other day. Oh, how was that? <laughs> it was. Baller. What did you use for the steak? Uh, I made an- another. Um, I want to. I want to change the name of Satan, <laughs> or like, but I made a, a Satan uh, like thing. Mm-hmm. I, I found a recipe. Thirty minutes, like total prep, and like you know, it was great. Very generic, so you can actually season it yourself. And I, I just made like a normal Philly cheesesteak. Um, like with a vegan cheese, it was great. So I was like, "Wow, I'm super happy." Uh, what else? My wife made a lomo, which is, or yeah, which is one of my favorite like Peruvian dishes. Um, with the seitan, also, it was great. So we're trying to find ways to substitute things we typically eat, and we've had some good success. So I'm I'm really happy with that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. When we were down at the beach, you know, I mean, my parents aren't vegan, but my mom has been, she gave up red meat like 30 years ago. Um, and for the most part has been vegetarian with a little bit of chicken and fish here and there, but they've been very interested in my kind of journey into veganism. And when we go down, you know, we've been doing a lot of the cooking just because obviously they don't do vegan cooking. And so, you know, I don't expect them to be like, oh, let me figure out how I'm going to make this vegan for Chris. Like, I'm like, well, here, I'll cook food for everybody if that's okay. if you guys are willing to eat this stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And my dad, who's been getting more and more interested in plant based diets and a lot of the healthy stuff around that, um, the health benefits he's been more and more interested in trying the foods when we're down there. So one of the things that we made, um, was this really good cashew, uh, Alfredo sauce. And so it's, you know, completely dairy free. You take, you know, um, raw cashews and soak them and then throw them in the blender with some, uh, onions that you cook down in some vegetable broth, um, with some garlic and, um, some lemon juice and some other stuff that you throw in there and you just blend it until it's a really nice, you know, fine, um, kind of milky consistency. And it's the lemon juice completely, you know, mellows out all of the nutty flavor of the cashew and you just get the creaminess that's left from it. Um, and so it's really good. I like it because you can reheat it. Um, you know, like that night we just did that with like salad and some vegan garlic bread the next day. Cause my parents live directly behind the veggie wagon that's down there. Um, in Carolina beach. And so I just went across the street, grabbed some vegetables, came back, roasted them. And we did that for lunch with some of the sauce and some fettuccine. Um, so it's nice because it's kind of versatile. You can change it up based on what you put it with. Um, but it sounds good, but I don't like white sauce. You don't like like white sauce. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of the one Italian sauces. I just kind of go, I, I don't know why, but it's so never I, been a thing. I would be interested to have just to see you try this since it's not cream, you know, like it, it's not that heavy dairy. Okay. 
if 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 it would make any difference you know like if you I, might... think, I think that's probably part of the reason like i don't like yeah i like i love marinara's i love like an, any rich red sauce like love it mm-hmm. something about white sauce has always been like yeah yeah the other pan. thing um that i think you would you would probably really like if you do you like orzo yeah um well of course you because you love rice it's your favorite yeah. thing. um <laughs> <laughs> so there's this lemon garlic orzo recipe that I found on Pinterest um, that I've made the last uh, a couple of times in the last few weeks, and it's so good. Same thing, just like a bunch of roasted vegetables and this, you know, lemon garlic orzo um, that you can do, and it's really good reheated. Um, it's it's just super tasty. You, oh, do it with some uh, toasted almonds. It calls that for pine nuts, good. but pine nuts are so expensive that I just do toasted almond slices. Um, and that we, I had that for dinner last night. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, one thing I really enjoy about, um, like the, the plant-based eating is that it, it's kind of reignited my, my passion for cooking. Um, I haven't cooked as much as like, as I've cooked in the last month or so. I wholeheartedly agree. Like it's, I, I think I kind of gotten burnt out. You know, like you make yeah. the same things over and over again and you're just kind of like, well, all right, well, that's how I cook now. And with the vegan cooking, like you said, especially because if you're doing things like swapping out ingredients to make right. it vegan, then it's kind of like it's a challenge, right? Like how do I maintain that kind of that same type of flavor and texture right. that I'm used to without having any of these animal products in there, which I think is is, is a lot of fun. It's kind of like it's like a puzzle. Yeah, and my wife was like saying, "You just you missed meat." I'm like, no, "I don't miss meat. I just want to substitute what I crave, right?" So for me, a Philly cheesesteak is a thing. Like I can't go to Johnny's Pizza anymore because, right? I, I just can't, you know, because yeah, um, they literally have nothing that's vegan on the menu. I mean, the best cheesesteak in the Triangle, hands down. Yeah. Um, but now I can't have like. I don't want it anymore. So it's like, I, well, what do I do for that craving? Uh, steak. I, I would like probably wrestle a cow down and make a ribeye. Like I have no problem with that. That's how much I love steak. So how do I substitute that? You know, can I substitute what I crave and like move on? Everything else, like those are in burgers. So steak, burgers, and Philly cheesesteaks are the three things that I'm, I'm probably going to have to eat at some point. Everything else, is food yeah I, mean, I can i can figure that out but those are three things that were super important to my diet like i enjoy you know being at my grill and making a steak it's like that's one of my passions like in the even in the winter time i'll just turn the grill on and make a steak yeah, um, burgers were definitely on that list for me um yeah. and i like you know like the um beyond burger at burger is pretty decent Right. Um, I still haven't tried any of the fast food ones like um, like the real fast food like McDonald's or Burger King. I know they've got some of them. Some of the Burger Kings apparently. Um, but the Dr. Prager's um, black bean and quinoa burgers. There's something about like it. It tastes almost like a chili burger when you eat it. Like it's got this this just flavor, and especially because I do it with some beer braised onions. Where you know, saute the onions down a little bit, and then put a little bit of Modelo in there, and cook it down until there's nothing, you know, no uh, moisture left, and put that on there, and with some, you know, tomatoes and and just the the regular dressing, and 
it's just, I don't know, it's like eating a chi- like a chili cheeseburger for some reason. It's that flavor that I get in my mouth. And it's so satisfying. I mean, <laughs> I'm probably going to make one as soon as I'm done with this podcast because now I really want one. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I know in, the, in Europe there's a lot of talk. And like Australia just got like a new veggie dipper, which for McDonald's. Um, Interesting. I'm kind of confused on why McDonald's is slow to... Um, bring some of their vegan offerings to the states. I know that Canada's got their uh, PLT, which is their plant-based sandwich. Mm-hmm. It looks good, um, but I question how American fast food chains will execute on plant-based items. That's a good and question. I, I question that because it makes like some insider knowledge. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, because you think about it, right? If you're doing that, realistically, you need a different grill. You yep. can't cook them on the same grill because then you're can you're cross contaminating, and and so that's a big part of it, you know. And I think it's 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 interesting and surprising as I've gotten more and more into this, just how. How how much people don't know, you know that right. how much people don't understand that vegan means no no animal products whatsoever, right? And so if it's got mayonnaise, if it's got you know any kind of cheese, then no, like I I'm I'm not I don't want to eat that, right? <laughs> you know, and for a lot of people who are vegan, it's not even so much a choice. It's you know they're allergic to that stuff, and so it's right. it can be dangerous for them going out and eating because if you don't go somewhere that knows how to properly prepare that stuff um you know you can always be in danger of of having your food get cross-contaminated and you end up getting sick and that's you know that's no fun and so it's you know I, i think that's the other part of it is that you know i don't have the opportunity or the option to eat out as much right because most places don't offer a whole lot of vegan options i found a few places around here even on you know that'll deliver mellow fortunately mellow mushroom um if i want to wait two hours for a pizza did i tell you it took them two hours to deliver a large pizza one night they have awesome service yeah it's because they're all sitting back there sketching people in your freaking mushrooms yeah and making like giant frog pretzels and flowers and other stuff for people's birthdays gosh i i (laughs) so we went to mellow mushroom and i'm not trying to put them on blast but for I am. I'm putting them on blast. Just to be clear, I love Mellow Mushrooms Pizza. Like they, and I, I am willing to put up with the service for their food because it's that good. I, I like. Continue. I like their food, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I don't like their food. But for the love of Pete, man, they have like, I, I can't imagine how people say stay employed there. Now, granted, <laughs> that's questionable also. But we waited two hours one time for lunch. Two yeah. hours. Yeah, and I mean it. That wasn't delivery, bro. That was like inside the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we we intentionally sat there, and we, it's fine because we you know we chatted whatever. But I was like, oh my gosh, I I I think I was about to implode. It's amazing <laughs> though. I mean, you go you go so many places. Like, um, where is it? I was at Shiki Sushi um, a couple weeks ago. For lunch, right? It was kind of a like a later lunch around one thirty or two. So we sat at the bar, 
and we had the bartender was serving us. There was hardly anybody there, maybe four other people and one other table, right? So like four people at the bar, one other table that she was dealing with. She had absolutely no interest in serving our table. Like she was far more interested in talking with the other servers that were coming up and getting drinks for the tables. She would just like, I sat there with an empty beer glass for the better part of 20 minutes while she stood there and chatted up and walked by multiple times, never asking if I wanted another beer. And it's like, you know, <laughs> and then I always love it. Cause then it's like at the end when they come to drop off the check, that's when they want to get real friendly. Oh yeah. Like, no, you blew that <laughs> 45 minutes ago. Like you don't come kiss my ass now thinking that that's going to get you a good tip. Like <laughs> I, 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 I firmly believe if I have to ask you for a refill, you're not getting a tip. If I have to ask one time, you're not getting a tip. I, it's happened to me so many times where it's like, hey, I appreciate, I really do appreciate people in the service industry. Um, but do your freaking job. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not making you show up there. Like you, you've already decided that. Maybe you're having a bad day. Totally not my problem. Oh, I don't really care. I am super, I am, intolerant of crappy service anyway it's like hey it's not my fault you're here i showed up here you were here like let's make this work <laughs> if you don't want to make it work i'm not going to spend my money there i just i refuse to i'm not i will, I will never so the, remember that time we went for lunch we were all together like eight people and the, <laughs> the guy walks up to me and says sir do you need a table yeah i was like yo I'm in the middle of this group. <laughs> but you don't look like the rest of them. I know. I was so pissed. I, I couldn't let that go. I was like, oh, you really asked me if I needed to. No. I'm just I gonna, just I'm love just... that that was his choice, right? <laughs> he had two options. Assume you were with the group, which made way more sense, or assume you weren't with the group and call it out in front of everybody. And he was like, no, 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 no. I am so sure that that dude is not with the rest of them. Sir, do you need a table? <laughs> and he's sitting there going, watch, I'm going to help this guy because he's not with the rest of them, and he expects me to think that he And it's like, no, no, that's... That's another woke individual. Yeah. I hate that word. I, uh, freaking, that word just makes me sick. So, uh, speaking of customer service, I had a funny experience uh, at the Maiton Inn in Cary. Um, so they were having what? like, it's the Maiton Inn on Academy That's Street. Down downtown, right? Yeah, in downtown Cary. By the police station. Uh, yeah, right across from the library. The yeah, old yeah, library. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and so they were having a masquerade ball thing that they put on for New Year's Eve. Um, and it sounded like fun. So we got tickets. We got a room at the hotel um, to stay the night. So the That's room. A that is a marketing gimmick. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Trust me. That's that's where I'm going with this. Um, the room, like, so first off, we get there. Um, the guy at the front desk reminded me so much, just behavior-wise, of Jonah Hill from Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall, where he's working yeah. at the hotel, and he's just, he's so freaking miserable to be there. But he's like, mahalo. You know, it's just like putting on that. But you can see it's it's written all over his face. Like, I right. could not care less about you standing in front of me right now. I'm just waiting to get off work so I can sell my friend Todd some weed. Like, that's <laughs> that was his whole behavior the entire time. And then it's like we get up to the room, 
it's okay. Like I, we described it best. I think as it's like somebody went to stay at a fancy hotel and came and told them the story of their stay at the fancy hotel. (laughs) And that's what they based this hotel off of. Like everything is, was gray inside the, like the dining room area. I don't know. It was super weird. The masquerade ball. It was a bunch of like, older people you know i mean like i'm in my mid 30s these were people in their late 50s early 60s some families with like little kids half the people were in like jeans and a sweater with no mask on there was a dj who was trying but obviously was also pandering to the crowd and so playing just a bunch of garbage the food options were extremely limited, especially for the vegan folks. We actually ended up ordering a pizza from Mellow Mushroom and having it delivered to the hotel because we were so hungry. The whole thing was so less than stellar. And then in the morning, we had breakfast included with our serv- with the stay. And so we went down to the brew or down to the restaurant, and there's nobody there to seat us. There's two waiters. One of them, once we're finally set, one of them comes over and is like, okay, Brian's going to be right with you. And I'm like, why are you the other waiter coming over to tell me that the other waiter is going to be right with us? So then he comes over, reads the specials, takes our order. We never see him again. Uh, There's like this woman that I'm assuming was the hostess or possibly the kitchen manager. I don't know, like the restaurant manager running around like a chicken with her head cut off. At one point, she had glasses with the silverware settings stuffed inside them in her arms with cleaning products and dirty dish rags in the other arm, like all bundled you got, together. You've got to be kidding me. No, this is, and this is supposed to be like a five-star hotel. Like five out of ten? or <laughs> Exactly. I mean, like we, the one thing that was... There were two saving graces. The potatoes from the breakfast were absolutely amazing. Like the home fries, I don't know what they did. They're the best home fries I've ever had. And we scheduled uh, massages with their in-house masseuse. This guy's Stan. It was incredible. The best massage I've ever had. Um, and so that, that at least like kind of made up for it a little bit, but we were both, we walked out and we were just like, wow, that was like the weirdest hotel, hotel stay I've ever had. That was, that was, they got you. You you got marketed to it. They, yeah. they totally got you. No, I, I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> you got got. <laughs> you got got. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I, I, I I'm a uh, hotel snob. Like there's, like I just don't like crappy hotels. We were coming back from Florida one time, and um, my wife is like, she's loves to save money. Like my wife is embarrassing when we go shopping. Like she will negotiate. You can get be at Macy's, and she's gonna be like, oh, this is two hundred dollars. I'll pay you one twenty five. Like babe, you know, we're not in Peru. <laughs> okay, but see, that's what I was just gonna say. Is like that's a lot of that is a cultural thing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's like yo. You go shopping by yourself because I don't have time. I, You're just walking away every time she walks yeah, up to the register. You're like, um, I got to go use the bathroom. Yeah. Or, oh, hey, Chris. Yeah, no, Chris is over there. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not like I, I respect her game. I respect her negotiation ability. But it's like, where does it a, work? That's what I want to know. Huh? Uh, does it work? Does she ever go up there and she's like, no, I'll give you 125. It, 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 like, it, it rarely fine. works. It's like, wait, no, 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 no. Rarely right. is it never. 
you're right. I just don't. Did she go to McDonald's and get like a discount on fries? No, that's that's not going to work. That's a. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but like, let's say she's out buying clothes or whatever. She's negotiating. I'm like, yo, mad respect. You know, I, I'm the guy who's like, I'm I'm going to pay for convenience. I just want the price done. Like I don't care. I barely want to talk to anybody. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. Like if I could buy most things online, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's a thing. Um. So we're coming back from Florida. Like we rented a hotel. I mean, we got a hotel in the car, and I was like, "Cool." So we're gonna, you know, hit. I think it was in. Uh, anyway, on the way back to North Carolina, we wanted to stop at another beach, you know, just to hang out for an extra day or two. She goes, "Look at this hotel." I'm like, "Yeah." So it's got a uh, a beachfront view. I'm like, "I really don't care. Like we already have a hotel. I don't want to go through a hassle. But let's just." stay with that hotel she's like no it's got a i want to have a beachfront view i'm like okay babe whatever she's like show me pictures i'm like you know that's not that's not relevant tonight whatever you want to do happy wife happy wife right we smart man yeah well it's my second marriage (laughs) so you I, i i did learn um so we get to this hotel and when we get there i'm pissed it's like we got got on the pictures. It's yeah. like they remodeled part of the hotel room. Oh yeah, it took pictures. Dude, that was exactly no. That was the same thing because Christy had like looked at the pictures online and all this stuff, and um, had like was like, this is not at all what the bathroom or the room or any of the pictures that they put online looked like. This room looks totally different. Yeah, I was super pissed. Like, imagine two o'clock in the morning, you hear the police cars. Right? Oh, like yeah. what <laughs> that sounds the, nice i'm like so it was a total like we got god so for me it's just like i i've learned i'm gonna pay for convenience i'm gonna move on um yeah marketing employees will get you they will definitely get you yeah see i had almost the exact opposite experience um when we went to italy a few years ago with my family my mom was booking the trip and for whatever reason she had reached out to me and was like Hey, I, I need to find somewhere for us to stay because we were going to we were going to do Rome for a couple of nights. We wanted to go to Pompeii because we wanted to go see the ruins there. And so we had to find a place to stay for one night in Pompeii. And she was like, you know, I'm just having a hard time deciding there isn't anything like, you know, within the Hiltons or anything like that that's there. Hilton's so will you hot. shout out to yeah. Hilton's <laughs> major shout out to Hilton. I am a Hilton honors member and love staying at Hilton's. Um and so we started looking around. We're looking online um, at all these different websites. It's like, you know, it's just so hard to tell because it's, I right. mean, I can't drive over there, right? right. <laughs> like, and so we found one and we're like, all right, this looks really nice. Uh, the room rate is r- pretty ridiculous, but, you know, maybe it's just one of those, you know, not too good to be true sort of things. And so right. we booked it. We're driving into Pompeii, you know, which is just past Naples, which is the part of Italy that everybody's like oh well don't ever stop in Naples which I've heard it's gotten a lot better Um, but so we're driving in it does not look like a very nice part of town we have this giant like sprinter van probably the biggest vehicle that's on the road in Italy um, when it has the big like fold-out mirrors on the side you you wanted to let everybody know you're a tourist yeah oh yeah well I mean we had six people and all of our luggage that we were toting around the Italian countryside. And we decided we were all going to do it in one car. Yeah. Um, That's and so we're driving into town. The walls keep getting narrower and narrower, like closer and closer to us. You know, it's right. not like it's a big town, but there's just like walls everywhere. And at one point 
the right side, the passenger side mirror gets knocked in by one of the walls as my dad's driving. And my mom's like, do you want me to put it back out? And he was like, yeah, that's how I know when I'm getting too close. (laughs) (laughs) And so finally we come out and my mom and I are looking at each other like, oh my God, what on earth have we booked? And we finally come out. There's this weird little like archway that the van wouldn't fit through. And so my mom and I got out and we walk in and it's this, it opens up into this just amazing courtyard with these huge citrus fruit trees. Um, we go inside, the guy is like incredibly nice. He's like, oh, welcome. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Everything in town is closed and we're starving. We hadn't had anything to eat. And he's like, well, you know, you're hungry, you're hungry. And we're like, yeah. He's like, my friends, they have a restaurant right down the street. I'm going to call them and get them to stay open. So that you guys can go eat. And we're like, no, 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 no. That's he's like, no, 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 I insist. I insist. You know, you're friends now that you stay here. It's a guy working the front desk. And so sure enough, we go down, they stayed open for us for like two hours, fed us some of the most amazing Italian food. And it's like, you know, those are the experiences that that I cherish. You know, like those are the things that I'm always looking for when I'm traveling. Like, how can we make more of those types of memories? Because those are the things that everybody always kind of laughs about and talks, oh, remember that. You know, we were just just this weekend when we were down hanging out at the beach. Um, my mom said something to my sister's husband about, oh, remember the gnocchi we were eating in Pompeii that night when they stayed open for us? And so, yeah, it's it's awesome, you know, and it's, uh, it's so it's one of those things, you know, I think it's it's nice to have the comfort. Right. And right. the reliability of staying at a at a chain hotel like a Hilton's. But every once in a while going off the beaten path, you might find something really cool. Again, I'm a snob. So last time we went to New York, we stayed in uh, Midtown. And um, like, hey, if I ever move back to New York, I know I have to live in Midtown. Um, and we stayed at the Hilton. It was it was great. Like you know, went down to the financial district. I waited an hour and twenty minutes for a coffee and a bagel. But I really Sounds wanted. Right. It, that's what I want. I had to have it. I was like, yeah, bah. Um, but it's it's also like. You want to also remember the trip. So what's what's funny that you mentioned that is about the food. It's it's interesting that most conversations that people have about a memory are also associated with food of some type. It's mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind. Um, like my wife's family, they'll talk about everything, but it always goes back to food. My my family will get together, we'll we'll talk about stuff, and it always goes back to food. It just blows my mind of like how how much of a bond people have in their kitchens uh like when we built our house we made sure that our kitchen was the biggest like one of the biggest rooms because that mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time um, yeah. i put a tv in my kitchen because i watched the world cup <laughs> it's like right <laughs> so i could watch the world cup from my grill to the kitchen to the living room so i wouldn't miss part of the game so it's just amazing like i just I, i'm fascinated by how people bond over food it's got to be good well, it- yeah it's funny you're absolutely right because and and the kitchen always is like that kind of that focal point the epicenter i mean you remember the place we used to work um two memories that i recall about the kitchen one was your interview day there (laughs) when you got kicked out of the kitchen when you had simply gone in there to get some water because you were supposed to join the rest of the group and the other was i mean every other time that we had tea time for those of you that don't know the we used to have to spend a half an hour every day. And then it finally got to the point where it was like once a week Yeah, um, doing this thing called tea time where everybody would come out and have some refinement, I guess uh, 
was the idea, <laughs> you know, and then have to be more efficient when they got back to work because of all the time that they'd missed during the <laughs> time. Um, they have to work faster because of all the time they missed. <laughs> the word culture is like, um, maybe I'm old school, but I, I don't get that, that, you know, companies talk about their culture and it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, our, our culture this, our culture that. I always think, well, who, who did you hire? Did you hire right. a bunch of crappy people? <laughs> did you have to worry about fostering a culture? Or did you hire the right people that are going to probably naturally gravitate and get along with each other? Right. Are you trying to manufacture culture? It's it's just like... It, you can't. That's the whole point. Like You can't manufacture culture. Culture is an organic thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it can't be forced within an organization. You can't say, well, this is the way we do it. It's, it's, you are 100%. It's about the people. Yeah. And if you don't have the right people, in fact, one wrong person can completely erode all of the hard work and effort that has gone into building this culture. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah, I just like, um, I was reading some stuff about, um, it, it's not a rant. It's just an observation about how companies feel they have to, uh, accommodate for i guess are they called gen z or x one of like there's some part of the alphabet we're calling it like uh, my people my kids age right because eventually i think that's gen z if i'm not gen mistaken. Z? What, yeah. okay whatever and they made some comments about millennials and it's like no well, okay I, I i don't really understand the art like i used to kind of buy into that a little bit then i realized millennials aren't really that bad and one epiphany I had was, holy crap, my generation made millennials. <laughs> like, when I realized that, I was like, oh, crap. So now millennials are having kids, and their kids are in the, work, the workforce. Why do you have to accommodate? Why don't you just hire the right person? Um, and I, I didn't really think about it until I, I thought about it. It's like, you know, my generation was the bunch of latchkey kids. And when you have kids, you want to probably make sure the opposite happens for your kids. And we created the snowflake generation, which which sounds kind of bad, but it's true. It's like, holy crap. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that you're finally taking some responsibility for your part in all of this. Well, I, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I totally have to. Like, you know, my parents are, are boomers and they spent most of the 70s smoking weed. So uh, it's like, well, they, they created the, the, the Gen Xers or whatever, whatever my generation's called, um, the, the show me generation. And we turned around and created the, the snowflake generation and we wonder why things are, you know, it's not accommodating. It's actually, it's partially accepting responsibility and then just being decent to people. Um, I, 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 but I'm, I'm tired of hearing about, you know, we have to create the right culture. And now I get there's a lot of companies like being exposed for having toxic and bad things happening, but. It doesn't mean you need to redefine your culture. It means you need to clean up your house. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. You you cannot fix culture with bad people. Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't work. Ultimately, that's not that you had a toxic culture. You had a, at least one, right? You had one person who was getting away with something that they shouldn't have been doing and other people who enabled that person to do it. That's what you had. Right. Ultimately. And if you had gotten rid of that one person, right, or had anybody in the house that was going to 
hold them accountable for their actions and their behavior, then you wouldn't have had this problem to begin with. But we've gotten to the point, I say we, a lot of organizations have gotten to the point where they're terrified of whatever story it is that's going to come out. And so it's just, let's cover it up. Let's try to keep it under wraps. Let's not let anything get out, you know? And I think ultimately it just creates so much more, it, it creates this environment of acceptance of that type of behavior and then other people look at it and go, well, I can't say anything, right? Because that guy's still here or that, that person is still here at this organization behaving that way. I, I think the, like, I, I seriously think that our level of tolerance should not mean acceptance. And I think that that, it also, it shows itself in what, you know, what companies are doing with culture, like the, you know, the startup mentality, the, you have to have like, Fruit Loops and crap. We're ten years old, and we've made millions of dollars every year for the last couple of years. But we're a startup. Yeah, we have we have that startup feel Get because we've got toys in here. We've got Nerf guns and pool tables and. What does that mean? But you still have to be a business, right? And it's like you guys can't confuse. You're either a business or a daycare. Like you're gonna, you pick which one you want to be. The business will adapt to it, and people want like people want to be a part of an organization that they believe in not all of that other stuff is just a gimmick yeah like that's that's all it is we talked i think last time about you know everybody feeling like i have my own personal brand right i've got i have to protect my brand and organizations certainly are are like that and i think that to some degree that's where that comes from is this idea that oh we have to market ourselves to the workforce right we have to if we want to attract the best talent then the only way to do that is to put on a big show like, hey, look at what we'll let you get away with when you come here. You can slack off all you want and play games and drink beer and we go out and party all the time. We hardly ever work. Isn't that what you want work to be like? Not work at all? And it's like, no, I would like to work. And then if I, you know, if you've built the right type of environment and hired the right people, then we will naturally find ways to hang out with each other. That was something that happened with my last team. You know, my last couple of, of different incarnations of my yeah. team was that because it was the right mix of people, they naturally wanted to spend more time with each other outside of work. Right. Even though, I, I, even though the organization straight up told us, well, you as a manager should not be spending time with your subordinates outside of work. <laughs> that's how you build a culture people <laughs> i think that is like so it's a it's antiquated it's like the it, it's the exam i've seen that in so many different forms i i know i i worked at a place where predominantly most of my team was predominantly hispanic and the way his like that culture is different from you know anglo like culture in general yeah. right it's just like yo like a, a somebody has a birthday somebody's bringing like tamales and, and stuff like that and it's like yo that's dope i'm glad you guys are doing that it's too early for me to have a tamale right now I'm like i'm probably i won't participate but i will definitely support that it's 6 30 in the morning yeah like <laughs> that's not breakfast that's totally lunch and i had like the lowest turnover in most of my teams, you know why I let my people be my people. It's like, yo, if that's what keep, if that's how you guys bond, have at it. But I got this email one day saying, oh, we've we've heard that people are, are for example, selling Avon. I'm like, okay, well, you can't do that. Well, you know what? Don't ask, don't tell. If <laughs> if my people are not hurting anybody, they're getting their job done. 
I don't really care. Right. Like, I, I don't care if somebody is doing that. I, I, I really don't care. Like, the, let people, I really believe, you know, Steve Jobs said this, uh, one of the greatest inventions, I'm paraphrasing, one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century was the, the company. And, you know, a, a group of people following the same belief to, to you know, see something that, like, realize. Apple's a good example of that. Um, yeah. Like, let, you know, hire the right people that fit within your organization or whatever and give, be clear and honest about what you want them to accomplish. They'll figure out the rest of it. You know, yeah, you have to have rules and regulations, but don't, this manufactured culture, it's biting Google in the butt. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like biting a lot of, like, all these startups of, like, you're a business at the end of the day. Right. Because ultimately, you know, what ends up happening, you get, you get where you are because of the people that you've hired, not because of the toys that you've surrounded them with. It's because you've, right. you managed to stumble upon some of some really bright people who believed in what you were telling them and were willing to follow or lead depending on what you requested of them, right? In the right direction. Right. You get to a point where you've grown. And you have to hire more people, right, in order to support that. And your hiring standards probably change from where they were originally. Maybe it's because you don't have the same people doing the interviews. Maybe it's because you're not looking for the same type of people anymore, right? But ultimately, I think no organization is going to go from foundation to, you know, long-lasting maturity without significant changes in the way that that organization runs Therefore, it's also going to require significant changes to the culture. Say that one more time. I want to make sure I understood that. So no company would go from foundation, right, the, the, the beginning of their organization, to long-term sustained maturity without having to go through a significant, like basically seismic shift in organizational culture. You can't. I don't think that you can, or at least it's, it's very difficult. Actually, I would argue that. I okay. think that you, you're probably, the company's probably trying to manage the scale, right? Sure. So one. But that's where I feel of, like it usually falls apart when they try okay. to scale because it's, you just. So the company that comes to mind is the Golden Arches, mm -hmm. right? They've actually been able, you know, there's Harvard Business Studies on how they figured it out. Part of it is franchising. Part of it's having a framework of which people operate their company their organizations and companies within that framework. So I, I I think I see what you're saying. So I see a lot of companies that they, they have a problem with this scale. So I, I think that's yeah, I just I just didn't want to pick a side of the fence. No, so I no, like, I well, understand. <laughs> <laughs> I was here and I was like, is is that true or is it not? So I think the the, the roadblock is this how the company scales because you don't have to change your culture. So look at Apple, right? They had the ups and downs, right. but when they went back to basics, like what they were, what they were good at, they became successful again. Um, so is then is culture more about the mission of the organization and having a group of people that are bought into that mission? Is that yeah? That actually that actually supports what Steve Jobs says. Yeah. I think people are trying to trying to reframe the word, and it doesn't really fit with human nature totally right agree. so it's like it's not about how many parties you have it's about like what are you guys actually trying to accomplish people you know, are mistaking people. environment for culture yes right yeah this is not this is not our culture this is the work environment that we provide for you 
to thrive in, right? Or that we that we've provided in the hopes that it will help you to thrive. Right. And the mission has got to be before that. Right. So the, the the building is is it's a secondary thing. But if the mission is what it is and people believe in that mission, then okay, you're probably going to be successful. Yeah. But if you keep flipping it around like how many scooters you can have and crap like that, well, don't you have to keep the lights on? It's it's funny to me like like all these startups that are failing, it's like, yeah, you you borrowed a lot of money. And you spent it all on junk. <laughs> and you burned through it. Like, did somebody tell you that was not a nonprofit organization? Like, <laughs> at some point, why are you on series around F funding right now? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and you're, you're still on, like, your beta version of your product. <laughs> <laughs> we promise it's coming it's like a, it's like the biggest freaking kickstarter frauds yeah. you know like that's essentially all that is yeah i had a question for you like it's been burning in my mind yeah uh so i know we we're well we see things differently but my question for you is like in your eyes how do you see the economy like i'm sure you've heard or hopefully you've heard that people are saying the economy is great in your point of view, how do you feel the economy is? This is deep thoughts by Andre Powell. Like, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I want to explore like somebody's views that are not my own on this. Yeah, no, I mean that's a fair question. Um, you know, I personally, I feel like the economy is just fine. I don't feel like I've seen any significant change in the economy over the last three years. Okay. Bad or good. Like, I feel like it is honestly just maintained. Let me rephrase the question. Okay. What, I guess it's that, it'd be the second, or the first part. That that would be the actual second part of that question. The first part of the question is, what is your definition of the economy? Like, in your world? Because when, like, you. Well, the economy is the all-knowing being an entity that floats above the earth and decides whether or not I get an Xbox. Wow. If we displease the economy, then it'll get angry with us and go away. But if, if we sacrifice the right animals to the economy, no, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You got like... a South Park episode there. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where this is going, but... Okay. <laughs> no. Um. I mean, yeah, I guess in terms of, because a lot of people, uh, I think, look at the economy as the stock market, right? Uh, and how that's performing. I, I personally don't like the stock market. Um, I don't understand why it's okay to gamble on that stuff, but we can't gamble on other things. And, and the fact that we basically tell people, hey, if you want to have money when you retire, just gamble it away. I think we're gonna. We're, all right, so sorry. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm taking us later, down a completely different path here. Yeah, because I I could like go ham all over that. Yeah. Like, because part of me. So we we'll have to talk about that next time. Okay. But, but seriously, what do you think the economy is? I I agree with your point. That I mean, the, okay, so I think the economy is, I guess, to some degree, the average. I don't know the average performance of businesses or individuals and within it's a very good question if 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 i'm being honest i don't know that i have a very good answer for what i think the economy is okay and i the reason why i asked that is because i you think most people feel that way i think most people don't know 
Like I, I really think most people don't know. Yeah. Like I think that it's wrong to say that the the, um, the stock market is it's an indicator of how of the health of the economy, but it's not an indicator of how. Uh, it's not a a good indicator for how the economy is affecting the citizens of a of of example the United States or or a state or a city. Right. Um, and I think that that message being thrown out and you know by our president and disclaimer I will always be respectful of the office may not not so much the person sometimes but I'll be respectful of the office. Um. From our current president to previous presidents to like what I hear on the news and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that people are talking about the economy that actually affects poor people. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's a, com- it's a common knowledge that you can't say poor people in the news because we don't want to talk about it. You have to say middle class. Right. Well, that's not true all the time. So I'm curious as to, you know, I, because I'm the economy to me is like, you know, not that. I, I get the indicators, but I also understand the facts of the economy. If, if people aren't working or they have to work two or three jobs, then right. the economy's not that great. If people are getting their houses foreclosed on, the economy's probably not that great. And I, you know, one of the, my fears during the, in 2008, 2009 was this. If you tell companies they have to be successful with less people, God help us if they figure it out because they're not going to change that. Right. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you look at what automation has done. I mean, look at grocery stores as a, as yeah. a, you know, you have all of these self checkout stands now, which is a very simple form of automation. You're just allowing the person to check themselves out. <laughs> and you're already seeing a redu- redu- uh, reduction in the workforce there. I mean, I see it every time. And like when I go, uh, there's a food lion store that's right down the street from me that does not have self self checkout. And there are considerably more employees walking around there. But you probably, here's now here's the real tricky thing. You probably like that place better because you actually went inside the location and you kind of want that human interaction, right? Yeah, it depends. Uh, my biggest issue I have with Food Lion right now, at least the one that's closest to me, is that they don't offer enough of the vegan options that I like. Outside of that, right? Outside of but like yes, specific- that was by far my favorite store. Right, I used to love so, shopping at that store because the people were really nice. I and you know, like the there were cashiers that recognized Helena, so that every time we went in, they were always saying hi and giving her stickers. And you know, it's like you do you start to build those connections, and you know, they pe- you see those people two three times a week sometimes. So. So my question, like, you know, I, I'm kind of concerned about, like, I'm tired of people saying the economy's great. It's not great. Like, you know, Wake County just got, um, by Wall Street Journal, got listed as the, the richest county in North Carolina. I did see that. And so I keep talking about the bubble we live in. We're not, we're not really associated with the rest of the state's problems. So guess what? We're probably not really associated with the rest of the country's problems. And again, I, I'm... I'm fiscally conservative, socially moderate, but I also think like, you know, we, we're getting to a point where we're going to stop treating our, our fellow citizen globally as well, like human beings, because we have, we're seeing most of our world through rose colored glasses. In this particular county, we make on average $26,000 more than everybody else in the state. Yeah. Like that's, I'm not, I'm not saying everybody, you know, I'm not saying give your money away. I'm saying like we have to like I, I think we're getting to a point where we're starting to disassociate ourselves to 
reality just in general so yeah no i mean i think that's a good point and i think you're right that the a better indicator of what the economy of, of how the economy is is more that the average individual right and what they're financial experience is like right are are they able to work a single job 40 hours a week and support themselves in a small family right um, or even just themselves or even Crap. just themselves in, in a lot of cases and the answer is no a lot of times right people that are working for even you know 10 12 dollars an hour are, are working two jobs yeah you know um how i'm on the fence about the living wage thing like my my argument's always been, are you willing to pay like eight dollars for a Big Mac? Right. But see, that's so. and that's but that's again where I think we as you know as a country we have to decide, right? Am I am I okay? Right? Is it worth it for me to pay four dollars for that Big Mac? But the guy that's making it for me has to work three other jobs. Am I okay with that? Right. As yeah. I mean, I think, and that's the th- that's the question we kind of have to ask ourselves. It's the same thing when, you know, we're buying stuff from Amazon, right? Am I? And my answer right now is yes, <laughs> I am okay with that. <laughs> Paying for the convenience, but I mean, same thing, right? Buying stuff from China. Am I okay right. with the fact that there's some guy working in a factory that's getting paid nothing? Now in China, he's probably living an okay life on that nothing, or slightly better, but. um you know, who knows what the conditions are like in a lot of those factories where that stuff is getting produced. It's a big question. And I I hope a lot of people start to think about it more like holistically, um, because I I don't think it's a, I really don't think it's the indicators we're using in general are they, they represent where people really are. And I think that's kind of, that's sad. Um, And I'm not turning into like I don't know. I'm not turning into like some type of progressive or anything. To think that oh, there's no, got to be nobody it, thinks that Andre. <laughs> there's got to be a middle ground, and I think that like I'm I'm concerned. Like I was con- concerned. I was doing real estate in LA in '09, and my biggest my biggest fear was, for the love of God, like I hope companies don't figure out a way to do the same work with less people. Because if they do, they're not going to change. Right. They're 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 totally they're going to be like, yeah, I, I figured out a way to maintain the same profit after controllables, and I don't have to change. I didn't have to do anything different. Yep. So, I, I it hasn't gotten better over the last ten years, ten eleven years. Like, and I'm sorry to say, like when I hear unemployment numbers, we still never talk about unemployment, like underemployment, right? Which is still double digits. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. So I think those indicators are, are BS too. Yeah, I mean the way that those things are measured are always kind of done to paint a specific picture, right? Right. I mean, and that's again probably a, a better topic for another time since we're running a little long on this one. Um, yeah, I know, I know. I just want—I really wanted to get your thoughts on that because then it'll—it'll it'll give me something to marinate over until yeah. next time we talk. And hopefully, anybody listening, if you have any comments, like. You know, what do you think? You know, yeah, because- shoot us an email at uh, the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. Um, we're also Chris and Andre uh, or at Chris and Andre, Chris and Andre on Twitter. Um, God, we have so many now. The Chris and Andre show on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I guess that's it, actually. I'm not doing Snapchat or anything like that. Yeah, I will tell you two things before we close out. My wife thought your pun was funny. 
the 2020. Tell Tetchy yeah. I said thank you. <laughs> I had to listen to her giggle. I was like, don't encourage me. And yes, we are on social media, and part of me is crying. Um, I yeah. I promised Andre that if I put us on social media, I wouldn't make him manage or interact with anything on there. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I won't pretend to be him sometimes in responding to certain people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I we'll talk. We'll definitely talk. So we have two things to talk about next time we get together. One, the economy, and secondly, like my. What's really bothering me about social media? Yeah, because it's it's probably more than just a surface level thing. But I really appreciate everybody listening to us. Uh, I think we have like we're we're getting people to listen, which is great. Oh, um, I almost forgot. Uh, we have something important that we have to do. Um, I promised that because we got our first ten likes on Facebook, I was going to randomly select one of our ten likers uh, or one of the people who like our Facebook page uh as of right now and they will get a first edition chris and andre sticker uh, that i just ordered <laughs> yesterday uh that'll be here next week so uh let's let's see if i can pull this up real quick okay um so before i select our winner i'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to everybody that has liked us because this will probably be the only time hopefully that we have so few people that I can do this. So Katie, Scott, Victor, Christy, Dana, uh, Aniko, Alana, Paul, Max, Chris, Julian, Mo, and Brandon. Thank you all for liking us on Facebook. Uh, maybe next time I'll go through Instagram and Twitter and do that stuff. Um, the randomly selected winner. <laughs> You're such an idiot. That's a drum, <laughs> drum roll. Is Aniko. Aniko. Congratulations, Aniko. Um, in order to claim your prize, uh, just show up in New York City on New Year's Eve in 2021. No, um, I'll reach out and get your <laughs> information so that we can send you your limited edition, first edition, Chris and Andre show sticker. Um, so hey, glad I, I remember I'm to do that before we close. I'm actually going to get back on social media as of today. Because Chris is making me do it. I literally just told you you didn't have to. <laughs> that's, that's not fair. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you want, you can manage like Twitter where you like that. And I'll do the other ones that you hate the platforms for. <laughs> I'll do Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> All right. That's, that's a deal. Does that work? All right. Cool. All right. Well, yes. Thank you seriously to everybody that's been tuning in. Um, this, this has been a lot of fun for me and Andre. I know we're only like three episodes in um, and hopefully we're getting better and better uh, with any luck. Um, but seriously, if you guys have any comments, any feedback, anything specifically you'd like to hear us talk about, um, please reach out to us, the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com or our many, many different social media platform network thingy mabobs. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye.